when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu, and um, it's a tough one. It's a real tough game that the Raptors lost by a score of 125 to 103 in game two on the road against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, you know, you look, you can't fault the Raptors for losing to a better team. The Bucks are, in my opinion, they're clearly superior. Um, you know, and they, they should win the series, and it looks very likely that they will win the series unless the Raptors can somehow take four out of five, which, I mean, I don't know how the Raptors would do that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, what I would fault the Raptors for really is just the way they started the game. They gave themselves no chance, like no chance at all. Like you cannot beat an inferior team if you are the one making more mistakes, and that's what happened with the Raptors. They didn't come out strong at all. They got just completely steamrolled by the Bucks early on, and, there were just so many mistakes when they looked through the film. I mean, it's it's one of those games where, you know, you can't even really look back on it and, and see anything really that productive just because of how many mistakes went on. Um, And, you know, early in the game, it was sort of – I don't want to put it on one guy. I really don't want to put it on one guy, but Mark was terrible to start this game. Terrible from start to finish, and especially to start the game though, the number of wide open opportunities the team got marked because the way the Bucks defend, they don't really bring their bigs out. So, Mark as a floor spacing big and just not even just floor spacing, but just generally speaking, an accomplished and talented big man should be able to should be able to convert some of those looks. He shot one of nine from the field today. Um, the only field goal being like a little, you know, pick and roll kind of like action that they ran and he got an open shot or whatever, but he got so many open shots because of the way the Bucks defend and he just kept bricking his first shot of the game or his first three of the game. He's wide open. Kawhi drives. He draws two defenders. He kicks it out right to Mark. He's wide freaking open. He hits the backboard. It's so bad that when you hear it on the broadcast, there's an audible, whoa. In the arena, like, wow, I can't believe he, he bricked it that hard. And the rest of it, I mean, it was just, you know, it, the jumpers is one thing, all right? Whatever. Everyone has a bad night. You miss some jumpers, whatever. You know, it, it happens. The thing that's most demoralizing is Mark getting into the paint against as a seven-footer and then not having any ability to raise up, to dunk the ball, to even get an opening, to slip in a layup, nothing. Every time Gasol's in the paint, he was just, he was hesitant. And he couldn't get a shot off. You know, like, Lopez would block him. Giannis would block him. I mean, it, it got so bad. I've seen a seven-footer pass out of layups to, like, maybe on a desperation play, throw out to the corner, and hopefully someone can bail him out. Like, it's just really bad to see the lack of physicality, how soft it was. Like, it's bad. And and I've, and I've praised Mark, and I think Mark deserves a lot of credit defensively for how the Raptors... Um, got through the first two rounds. I think he was really pivotal in those games. 
But in games one and two, Mark has been woefully, woefully short in terms of what he needs to be for the Raptors to win this game. And I think, especially early on, the amount of times he got he got blocked, I think he like the first like four couple of shots were for Mark. And for him to miss so many shots, I think it just sort of set the Raptors back a lot. And Mark, you know, after the game, he said, he, you know, he took responsibility for this game. And, he, you know, he said that the Raptors have to come out better. And, you know, he puts that on himself. And, you know, he didn't have to do that. Um, but at the same time, like 100%, that's on him. Like, it, it's 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 really on him how um, – I just think it, just, it was demoralizing. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just reading into it next year. Uh, sorry, or maybe I'm just reading into it, but – you know, like it's got to be demoralizing when you know when you when you run your offense, you create an open open shot finally, and that guy that has an open shot just keeps bricking and he can't do anything with it. And like I'm sure that must put a strain in terms of how much you trust uh, yourselves as a team. And I think you know that put the Raptors back. But I mean, it, it just the Raptors made so many mistakes. Like the failure to box out. It's 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 two games in a row now. Um, I don't, if they made any adjustments in terms of, you know, maybe hanging back in transition and trying to block out and stuff like that, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Um, uh, what I did see was, uh, Nikola Meritage getting on the glass, Giannis getting on the glass, Chris Middleton getting on the glass, Ersan Ilyasova getting on the glass. And early in the game, I mean, it wasn't even Giannis or whoever else was killing them. It was Nikola Meritage torching Danny Green. It was Ursula Ilyasova coming in and like drawing three charges and making all sorts of plays, hitting crazy jumpers, taking layups, just ripping the Raptors apart. And by halftime, the Raptors only had 39 points. Um, and no point did they look composed whatsoever. The Raptors, they just look like trash. They look like trash. You know what this game actually looked like? I should have set this out top. This game looked like when the Raptors used to play the Cavaliers and they knew they were in trouble against a team that was better than them. And it just sort of the the moment got to them. Every single mistake compounded on itself. And even though you know the other team had the best player and and, and things like this, and well, I mean I'm gonna say best player. Kawhi played really well tonight. But um, you know even though the other team um is better, the Raptors kind of just gave this game away by making so many mistakes mentally in terms of you know not boxing out, not getting back in transition, taking terrible shots offensively missing wide open shots and sort of the the compounded effect of that you know on a team it just it, it wears the raptors down and then all of a sudden the result of that is you know the other team gets easy opportunities um you know they're playing an easier game they're always going downhill the raptors are always going uphill and then you get these random guys that just come up and have big performances like channing fry like basically Ursula silva tonight was channing fry right or either not channing fry but maybe like jr smith or you know what i mean like all these guys have used to play above their heads against the Raptors because the Raptors were sort of caught with the tail between their legs, and that's exactly what happened tonight. And, you know, like, okay, if you want to point to the only positive that happened, it was in the third quarter where the Raptors had 39 points, which matched their entire first half output. But, like, I don't even know. I don't. It doesn't even look like the Raptors solved too much of what happened in the third quarter so much as the Bucks went up 26 points, and were like, yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna chill a little bit. We're gonna chill a little, which is a completely natural and normal thing to do. Any team that goes up twenty six chills a little bit. And the Raptors played a little bit more desperate, whatever. And you know, if you really want to break it down, okay, so they they bench two of their struggling starters and Danny Green and Marcus Saul, who look old, old as hell. These two look. I mean, they are old, but like they look real old in the series. 
Um, you know, they, they and then they brought in Surge and they brought in Norm and those two guys gave them a good boost and you know whatever. But honestly, it's nothing like okay, wow, the Raptors solved them because they put Surge or Norm in the starting lineup. Like it doesn't that doesn't change much for the Raptors. Like you can it gives the Raptors a better chance, and I think the Raptors should explore lineup changes going forward because I just don't think it's worked. Like Gasol, for example, like I want to defend Gasol. I really do. I like him a lot. You know, he's, he's, he's a very kind man. He's at 3 of 20 three in two games. 3 of 20. And these are all open shots. Layups, mid-range jumpers, three-point jumpers, everything. It's just nothing is going. And he's not getting the free throw line either, right? Um, but, like, you know, it's not like they're having to solve anything. Like, this will help. But I also, I, I think, you know, the Bucks kind of just let their uh, foot off the gas. But I know the Raptors cut it to, like, 13 points a couple times. It was like, oh. Maybe, you know, uh, you know, like the classic, like fake Raptors comeback. And, and, you know, in classic Cavs fashion, they literally were just like, all right, we'll play solid basketball for another two minute stretch here. We'll get like three stops. We'll go in the transition the other way, get like a couple of dunks get a couple of threes. And all of a sudden, bam, the game is over. And like, again, you, you know, you can give Raptors credit for uh, not giving up and, and sort of fighting and scrapping and, you know, showing compete. But like. At the end of the day, the Raptors just got smacked and smacked. And again, I really want to circle back to this. When you're playing a better team, you can't be making more mistakes. You just can't. You just you really, really can't do that. And the Raptors, I mean, they are clearly the inferior team here. And I know this people don't want to hear that. Obviously, I have a lot of confidence in the Raptors. And obviously, the Raptors have done a lot to deserve um, confidence. And they've achieved enough Um to get to this point, but the Bucks have been better all season throughout the course of the season. And then some people thought they were a gimmick. It's like, Oh, just take away Giannis. And then, you know, just, you know, like get back on the shooters. It'll be fine. It's not, it's not, Oh, they're inexperienced. You know, like they won't, but no, if anything, the Raptors look too experienced. They look old and then the Bucks look young and like the freshness and the energy that they're bringing. It's, it's completely different the way the Raptors play. And really, when you really, really break it down, the Bucks have way better chemistry than the Raptors do, right? Like, you look in game one, Bucks shoot like trash. You know, like, it wasn't – you never saw Giannis being like, all right, fine, I'm going to stop trusting my teammates. I'm just going to keep shooting like five, six, seven times in a row, which we see Kawhi do all the time. Now, granted, you understand why Kawhi does it, right? Like, everyone else is really, really struggling from the field. But it's just different. Is just on a different level. The Bucks trust themselves and they trust their system, both offensively and defensively. At no point in game one when the Bucks shook, they really just kept playing the game, kept playing the game. A couple more shots dropped, broke Lopez one nuts, and they had enough to steal game one. All right, and they themselves said it. They stole game one, and they came out tonight with a much better um, effort from start to finish. And the Raptors just did the opposite, right? Like you see what happens, right? The Bucks didn't come out with energy in game one; they still win. Raptors didn't come out with energy in game two. They get destroyed. Destroyed at no point when they're in the game. And so the Bucks are a better team. And they've shown an all season. And they have more chemistry and things like this. And, like, it's I'm not saying the Raptors can't win a game. I'm not saying the Raptors can't, again, pull out a miracle and win this series. But, like, realistically, the Bucks are just better. And so if you're going to beat a better team, you have to have everything perfect. Your execution has to be perfect. And the Raptors' execution was not perfect. Like, not at all perfect. Like, 28 fast break points for the Bucks. A lot of that was Raptors would turn the ball over, or generally speaking, they would make bad decisions offensively, get themselves in the tough spots, and then the Bucks would go the other way and finish. And, you know, um, same issue as, as game one, where 
Raptors give up 11 offensive rebounds. The Bucks get second chance points. I think 17 tonight. And again, that just hurts you. Like it hurts you. Like you just have to be disciplined. You got to do everything right. And Raptors did none of that tonight. And so, you know, like again, like um, I don't, I don't even know what else to say. Really, the Raptors got to be better. Period. They got to be better. Um, you know, the guys that really, really have to be. It's really, really imperative that these guys perform better. Is Mark who tonight two points on one on nine shooting in nineteen minutes? Like just bad. Like not even good defensively. Just, just bad. Like making. Just, just none of it was good. Um, you know, Pascal has been a lot better. Um, you know, Pascal's full of confidence. Uh, at, at shoot around. He's talking about, oh, you know, like missed a lot of makeable shots in game one. You know, I'll, but I'll bet you I'm going to make those in game two. Oh, two from three in game two, buddy. Um, and the the part that really hurt was that Pascal had six fouls and he fouled out in 26 minutes. I mean, and when you look back on the film, like they were all just mistakes, like. Him reaching in uh, when he doesn't need to uh, late in the shot clock to bail uh, possession out. Um, him sort of uh, you know failing the box out and, and cheating in a little bit, putting an arm around Nikola Mirotic, and then that being slapped as a foul. You know, there's one foul where Siakam, okay, fine. You know, Giannis drives full steam at him and, and he gets a foul. That happens. That's going to happen, right? But like, it's just too many defensive mistakes. And the other thing that's really glaring: zero defensive rebounds from a power forward in 26 minutes. Zero. Like, how does that happen? Like, seriously, how does that happen? Right? Like, what was going on? Where It's not like the Raptors were, okay, everyone got the defensive glasses. That's not an issue. No, that was an issue. Like, the Bucks had 11 offensive rebounds, and Pascal had zero defensive rebounds. Pascal, I mean, it, just, it just wasn't good tonight. It just it wasn't, you know, it, it just wasn't what it was. And, and, you know, like, I don't know if he ha- they have to re- maybe rethink the, the same strategy against Giannis and, you know, I, I don't know, find Jan, uh, find Pascal some more rest and so he can sort of contribute offensively. Because we've seen, like, if Pascal's not scoring, Raptors are kind of, you know, in this group. But um, it was not a good performance by Pascal. It's not a good performance by Danny Green, who looks so old out there. Like, and I know it's not completely fair because he is banged up. Like, when you see him walking around, even just during off days and stuff, just, you know, going to see media and things like this, like, he looks... He looks pain. He looks really pain. Like, there was a picture that went out there where it looked like Danny was a World War II um, veteran where his body is covered head to toe uh, in ice wraps and things like this. Like, you know, he himself even admitted he's like about 70% physically. I mean, I would I would go even less than that. And, and also, Danny's not really young and, and athletic and jumpy where 70% is still very good. Danny's already pretty limited as an athlete. So, like, for him to be 70%, it's tough. But... You know, tonight, like, I thought defensively, you know, he got uh, caught a couple times in terms of on the perimeter and just, I don't know, man. And then the amount of times, by the way, he's trying to dribble against the defense. It's just, I know what he's trying to do. I, I, I appreciate that he's trying to make a play and get past, but the Bucks are just flying at him so hard, making a run off the three-point line. And quite honestly, he's just a little bit too one-dimensional to be effective doing that, right? Like, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really go anywhere when he does it, and so... You know, um, you know. Again, the only bright spots in this game were, you know, maybe about an eighteen-minute stretch in the third quarter, where the third quarter and also the first six minutes of the fourth quarter, those eighteen minutes where the Raptors really did compete hard. They played the Bucks, you know, to a standstill for the most part. Um, and you know, the guys that really stood out to me, at least, were Serge Ibaka, who his energy um, was great. Look. It's not like Serge had a great game. Eight points, ten rebounds, and three assists is not a great game in 27 minutes. Having said that, 
at least Serge took the shots that he were supposed to. He was aggressive in looking for them. And for the most part, he got a go- good opportunities. And, you know, he um, you know, he also showed uh, an activity level defensively, running Lopez off the line, you know, you know, matching him against Giannis here or there, um, you know, chasing guys like Ilya Sova off the, off the, uh, you know, the three-point line and sort of, you know, closing on hard and things. To, like, Ibaka just came out and played with a lot more hustle and energy. And I wish he did this in game one because Raptors might have taken it if he played with any sort of energy in game one, and he didn't. But, like, this is sort of what you can expect from Serge. And I think um, in terms of just his mobility and his willingness to shoot, like, he is – and it's not even just willingness, his ability to score. Like, he's a better scorer than Mark, which is, you know, like, Serge might be limited in terms of he really needs people to set him up, but at least he can convert a reasonable share of his open shots. And that's something you just can't say about Gasol right now. Um, you know, like, this is what you can expect from Serge. So I, I don't know if you necessarily have to start uh, change the starting lineup. Like, I wouldn't be against it. Like, I wouldn't fault Nick Nurse for doing it. Because that seems to me like a better desperation move than just giving Jody Meeks eight minutes. Like, what? At one point, there was a four-bench lineup with Jody Meeks out there. Like, I know you had some foul trouble with Kyle and stuff. But, like, really, Jody is your option? But, um, nevertheless, um. You know, like I don't, I don't think, I don't think I would be mad if uh, if Ibaka saw some time in the starting lineup. Maybe it's not something you start game three with, but if game three doesn't start out well by halftime, after halftime, I want to see start in that starting lineup because again, like his energy and his uh, mobility and stuff, it's just more suited to playing in this in this series against the Bucks because you know he's been aggressive and he's had good success against the Bucks this year, like. You know, he was he was averaging 22 points a game in the regular season against the Bucks. Granted, Gasol wasn't there. You know, matchups was different. Intensity was completely different. I get that. But, like, the way the Bucks defend and stuff, they're gonna Serge is going to be open. And the way the Bucks attack, Serge is going to be effective with the way he plays defense. So, why not give Serge more opportunities? Finally tonight, he played with some energy, so he actually allowed Nick Nurse to do it. But I, I want to see even more of it. Like, I think Serge should play probably 30 minutes a game. Um, And, and then you just got to trust that he can, you know, play well but you know i thought he was good um i thought norm really stepped up with his energy um you know that's another opportunity where the raptors can maybe change the starting lineup is you know i I, well really in terms of starting lineup change i could see three things right i could see surge straight up swap for mark i could see um norm and ibaka swapping out danny green and gasol I, i don't think they will do that um or I could really see the surprise factor being Norm replacing Mark. And if for Raptors fans in 2017, this is a very familiar move against the Bucks, where, um, you know, Norm gets in that starting lineup, I think, in game four. Oh, he had extended minutes in game three as well, I believe. But um, gets in that starting lineup in game uh, four, and, you know, he's, uh, you know, he replaces JV, and the Raptors go small with Ibaka at five, and people are like, oh, what's going on? What is this? What is this? Um, but it worked really well because uh, uh, that – you know, um, that sort of one in four out sort of style, uh, really helped counter what the Bucks were trying to do. Um, and also Jason Kidd was their coach at the time. And that was a great time because he was not nearly as good as a coach as, uh, uh, Mike Budenholzer. And so Jason really struggled to adjust to that and really didn't do so until the second half of game six. Um, but anyway, like Norm going to Sarlana for Gasol could get the Raptors this, uh, you know, not even a one in four, four outlook but really a five outlook where you have five guys who can all dribble making a pl- make a play uh, it's a little bit debatable i don't think danny could dribble make a play but still like five guys who can shoot five guys who can move around be flexible defensively and you know it will be a gamble it will definitely be a gamble uh, the bucks are pretty big 
Uh, Giannis demands a lot of attention at the rim, and uh, they're already getting a lot of offensive rebounds as it is, but you might have to try it. You might have to try it. And I think with Norm especially, like, with the way the Bucks are, you know, playing defense and they're sort of closing out, they're trying to use their athleticism, trying to fly out our guys, like, Norm's ability to actually drive and make a play um, is huge. It's huge. Like, he was great tonight. And, and I know Norm is not great every night. I know you don't want to get suckered into the idea of, oh, Norm had a good night, so therefore he should get more opportunities going forward. Like, I get the reticence to use Norm. But at the same time, this series, the way the, way the Bucks play, like, it's always demanded the Raptors to have more production on the wing. And when you look at it, you know, Kawhi's been there, okay, but Pascal hasn't really been there. Kyle's been there. You know, game one, game two, he wasn't as effective as we all knew he wouldn't be. Danny hasn't been there at all. Like, you might as well try something with Norm. And, you know, like, uh, I-, I thought Norm was, you know, just very decisive with his drives. You know, he hit two of four from deep, which is enough. And the Bucks were closing out on him, so they do respect that shot. Um, you know, he I, I just give Norm some more minutes. Uh, I don't know what else you have to lose, really, because you really need more wing production off the bench. Or, or just in general. And I think, uh, honestly, Norm is probably the only bet, especially because, again, like, you don't have OG. You never replaced OG at the power forward spot. Or anything, uh, or And you never really gave him depth either. And so now that he's hurt, like, it just, you know, it just puts such a strain on the rest of the Raptors. And at least Norm, even defensively, like, I kind of almost like his defensive ability in this series more than Danny, just in the sense that Norm can actually move around. He can, like, I see him like flying around on defense and then, you know, closing out on guys and getting into people and, you know, poking the ball away and stuff. Like, there is things that Norm can do. Like, I'm not saying Norm is the answer. I'm, I'm, it's not 2017. I'm not, it's not Norm God or whatever. It's not 2016 either. But I don't know. What other what options do you got, right? Like, whatever uh, options. I mean, maybe you go to the small ball lineup. Maybe that catches the Bucks by surprise. Who knows? You know, maybe that gives you a couple extra points and you're not relying on the lineup to close games for you necessarily. But, who knows? There, there's an opportunity in there, but uh, you know, I thought Norm was good, and the rest of it, I mean, it's just just the same old guys usually. Like Kyle had a regular game for him. Um, you know, he was asked post game if he had reaggravated uh, his left thumb injury, and you know, he looked at it and he was just like, "It is what it is at this point." So, in effect, yes, basically that's what happened. But I mean, still, I mean, 15 points on 413 shooting for Kyle nowadays is honestly not bad. Like, I thought Kyle played pretty well. I mean, he had foul trouble and stuff like that, too, so he had to really get through that. But, you know, like, uh, I think Kyle had a decent game by his standards, and Kawhi had a good game. I mean, like, he was a minus 19, but the fact that he had 31 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists on 10 of 18 shooting with 10 free throws against the Bucks defense, that was, I mean, at times, like, I'm not kidding you, four guys guarding him. Like, literally, he, he couldn't go – to the basket because there was someone cutting him off, probably a second defender coming off from a different angle, and then he couldn't really go back either because there was a man, you know, chasing him from behind and another fourth defender just closing in and taking away passing options. I mean, it was almost comical the way the Bucks were uh, focusing on Leonard and, and the fact that he could still produce 31 efficient points in those circumstances is kind of just amazing. Like, it really is amazing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, only so much Kawhi can do. Like he, he you just Kawhi's not going to beat the Bucks by himself. It's not. Like he, he's good enough to beat the Sixers by himself. He's good enough to beat the Magic by himself. He's good enough to beat probably twenty five teams in the NBA by himself. The Bucks are a top two NBA team, and quite honestly, they might not even be top. They might not even be two. So, like, I, you know, 
it is what it is. But at least you got to give Karai credit for uh, the way he's being uh, being able to be effective. I also like the fact that, you know, Kawhi with uh, a deadpan response, you know, after the game, he's asked about where the Raptors go from here after game two. And he said, you know, I'm going to Toronto for game three. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Which is pretty funny. I don't. I don't know. But uh, but yeah. I mean, you know, this is just it's, it sucks to watch this. Like, it does suck to watch it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the only thing, I, like, I'm not that upset because again, like, Kawhi hitting that jumper. Like, I think it just changes the mentality a little bit. Once you really taste that happiness and that 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 feeling of elation, those like three days where everyone's sort of just soaking in that moment. Like, the part of the reason why we all soaked in that moment was because you know. First off, we knew tougher days were ahead with the Bucks, but also like you gotta appreciate that like that moment is not just one that one moment. It's not about this year. It's it's sort of about your mentality as a fan. Like when you see that happen, like you gotta just really appreciate like how rare those chances are, how rare it is to feel that happy as a sports fan, especially in Toronto. And um, and yeah, you know. So I, I think from that perspective, like I'm kind of just cool and okay. I'm like I'm not cool with the Raptors you know, getting swept by the Bucks, But at the same time, like, I'm kind of, let's say, at peace. But, like, if they lose the series in a competitive way, I'm not going to be mad in the same way where, you know, you're always spitting mad and you're sort of, like, you know, contemplating why you're even a fan when the Raptors get swept by the, the Cavs in the previous years. Like, you know, I, it just it wouldn't be the same way. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. In, in terms of other positives, I thought Fred actually had a decent game. Um which I, I know, like, there's a lot of moments where Fred got caught over dribbling and something like this. Although, part of that is, like, literally nobody else is moving. And, and as a point guard, you got to create. And he's it's impossible to get a shot off. Like, there's it a time where he tried to go against Giannis. When it's, and it's like, okay, he got blocked. But, like, also there was, like, four seconds left on the shot clock. Like, what are you going to do about that? But I thought Fred, you know, like, um, just with his activity, I think defensively he was all right. Uh, honestly, he's been performed decently against George Hill, which... Uh, I mean, Hill was good, uh, much better today than he was in game one. But I think Fred has been okay in that sense. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. What's the point of scouring for positives in this game? Like, the Raptors just got embarrassed. Like, if the Bucks wanted to, they could have beaten them by, like, 40 tonight. Like, seriously. Like, they, like it's just the Raptors were, were bad. They're, they're bad to start, and they just never caught up. And, again, you're not going to – you can't expect as a team, as the inferior team, to consistently try to make – comebacks a team like the Bucks. so you make these mistakes like you literally make like five mistakes in a game and you'll lose like that's how good the bucks are um and i don't know if people fully appreciated that coming into the series but now i guess you know like the bucks are that good they are a legitimate championship and like even with even if the warriors get kd back from that cap strain um i i would still think the bucks take at least two games in that series and Honestly, I give the Bucks like probably a forty percent chance to actually beat the Warriors, just because they're deeper, they're more physical, they're younger, and honestly, they're more together than the Warriors are, especially when KD's around. So, I don't even know. But and and to be honest, though, that's that's kind of the caliber of opponent that the Raptors up against. Like, it's just after the games like this, you just a like okay, you know, um, you know, Raptors got to limit their mistakes, but also b like you just got to tip your hat to the Bucks. They're a damn good team. They're a damn good team. Um, and yeah. You know, to be honest, I'm, I'm just sometimes you just think about what ifs. Like, what if um, the Raptors had won Game One? Which realistically, like, that was an opportunity missed. We knew it at the time, and it sucks, but it is what it is. Um, you know, and what if the Raptors had done the Kawhi Leonard trade um, 
before, um, you know, they went into that head coaching search with Mike Budenholzer, who the Raptors did interview. And I'm not even saying, like, oh, I really want Mike to be the coach of the Raptors uh, over Nurse or whatever like that. And, you know, like, okay, given a chance, say, yes, I would choose I would choose Bud. But, I mean, at the same time, it's sort of like, what if the Raptors denied the Bucks of hiring Bud? You know, like, does that change the way they play? Does that change the whole thing? Because, you know, I think the, the amount of coaching that goes into – uh, the Bucks' success is is it's pretty apparent. Like the fact that they trust their system at all times, and they always come in, and it's always the other team is forced to play the Bucks style, and inevitably they're worse at it. Like that's that's a, that's a credit to coaching. So I don't know. There's there's just there's just some regret, I guess. There's some regretting after game two. But look, there is still hope. The Raptors could, um, uh, you know, st- I, I think they should be able to take one of the two games at home at least, and. Who knows? Maybe they really, really tough it out and, um, you know, they show that they are a serious, you know, championship-type team where if you're a serious championship-type team like Kawhi said after the game, then you would come out and get uh, a result in Game 3 and you and you would take care of business in Game 4. And, you know, if they do that, okay, all of a sudden, you know, it's it's the best of three and Milwaukee has two games on, at home, but, you know, the Raptors has a chan- have a chance there. Like, it's just, um, yeah, I mean... You know, they're, the Raptors, like, honestly, if the Raptors play a peak gear and the Bucks play a good game, the Raptors should be able to win that game. We just haven't seen the Raptors play at peak gear. Like, they were sloppy in game one. Um, they were sloppy, very, very sloppy tonight. Um, and, yeah, so I they got to limit all their mistakes. But all the same time, like, man, like, the Raptors just look so undermanned. Like, every single night I look at the Raptors and I'm like, it's hard to find five guys consistently that are good tonight, right? Like, today the five guys were Kawhi. Kyle, Norm, Serge. I don't I don't even know. Like that's four. That's it, right? And in game one, it was Kyle. It was Kyle. <laughs> like it was Kyle and like Kawhi was good ish, I guess. I mean it was kind of an efficient night, but whatever. Um you know, and <laughs> like Mark for the first half on defense. Like, I don't know, man. It's tough. You know, most nights you can't find five uh, Raptors that play well. And, and you know, and, and to the point about depth, like, the Bucs are just deeper. And I don't even mean deeper in the sense of, like, you know, um, they got more fresh bodies or something like that. Like, they have more guys that can come off the bench and give you an explosive impact. Like, the fact that you ha- they have a guy like Brogdon who can come in, who was great in game one, great in tonight too, 14 points off the bench, 25 minutes, you know, gave Kawhi a lot of um, – not not trouble, but like make Kawhi work a lot uh, for his offense. George Hill coming off the bench, thirteen points. You know, Ilyasova. I mean, he was a monster against the Raptors today. And like, you know, like the, the luxury of bringing those three guys off the bench, whereas the Raptors are like, well, you know, okay, if anybody on the bench plays well, maybe we should start him the next game. Like, it's a big big difference because also the Bucks starters played you know pretty decently as well, and just. It's tough. It's really tough. The Raptors are really in it. Um, it's a really damn good team. The Bucks are so. In terms of your three stars, um, Kawhi obviously number one star, thirty-one points, eight rebounds, two assists, ten of eighteen shooting, one of four from three, ten of ten from the free throw line. I mean, the Bucks. I mean, they they are sending everybody at them. Like I already described, like the the multiple scenes where there's like four guys on them. But seriously, like the Bucks are doing everything possible, and I think Kawhi did a better job today of. Um, 
Well, actually, first off, I think they did a better job of officiating Kawhi. Like, it, teams are if teams are allowed to be physical and really, really get up into him and stuff, it's gonna make life so much easier, uh, so much harder for him because you know he's also going into the pain and all that contact's not called. And realistically, who's gonna? He's not LeBron. He's not gonna just gonna like bounce people off him and and, and finish though. Like, you know, the fact that he got ten free throws today, I thought was uh, was a reflection of sort of just like a softer whistle. Um, but also like, I think Kawhi was more opportunistic with his offense. I think he was, uh, not trying to drive into the paint as much against, uh, Lopez. And even when, when Lopez was off the floor, he really went after it. And so Kawhi was great. Kawhi was great. Uh, second star, giving that to Nolan Powell, uh, 14 points off the bench, six and nine shooting. Nice. Uh, two of four from three four rebounds two assists, uh, only one turnover, 25 minutes. I mean, Pretty good, pretty good. I mean, Norm first half was a minus five in a game where the Raptors lost by twenty two points, and um, he did that in, in, in five in twenty five minutes. So to only be nine minus five in a game like this is is pretty good. And honestly, uh, Norm gave great energy offensively and defensively. That again, I, I mentioned like there is a chance Norm Powell starts in game three. Like I would, if I'm on the coaching staff, I'm strongly considering it. It's a gamble, but it's, uh, right now. Like it's it's definitely a gamble to break up the the starting five that has been so successful, but like you can't translate. Um, you can't that doesn't that doesn't carry over. Like your plus minus against Orlando doesn't carry over to what happens against the Bucks. Like two completely different teams, and so you know, like I I think you know they there should be some strong consideration to change the starting lineup, and I I'd like to see Norm sort of be in that equation because again, you're not gonna always you're not gonna always count on fourteen points from Norm, but the way he attacks, the way he defends, again. It's like surge, like it, it fits this series a lot better, right? Like if, by the way, if Norm was on the Bucks and the way the way the Bucks play and and uh, offensively and defensively, we'd be talking about Norm as you know, look at him. This guy's like a super sub, do everything. Like you, you're telling me Norm can't functionally do some of the things that like Mark, Malcolm Brogdon does. Like okay, Brogdon's a better shooter, but like Norm is, I, Norm would just play really well in the Bucks system. But you know uh, that's that's another topic. But I'd like to see Norm be more involved going forward and and um. Yeah, I think the the aggression and stuff that he plays with, like, you know, I think Norm really is a guy that needs to be empowered. He really needs to have the green light to be effective because if he's overthinking his shots or something like that, um, you know, he's just he just tends to kind of fade into the background. I think today with the Raptors being down by so much, Norm came in, played free, and played well. And then third star, I'm going to that to uh, Serge Ibaka. Eight points, ten rebounds, three assists off the bench. Uh, four of nine shooting, old two from three and old two from the free throw line. I think for the most part, Serge got into the right positions offensively to capitalize, and uh, he was probably the Raptors' best, you know, rebounder tonight. And you know, he's even actually surprisingly like well, the way the Bucks are closing out and stuff. Serge made a couple of great passes. Like he just, you know, um, he's he he did step into one charge, but like you know, eh, for the most part, like Serge is actually making enough plays. Where you're kind of like, oh, that's interesting, but. uh uh, I just think you know his uh, quickness and his athleticism and stuff like it, it just it fits in this series. It's you know, and uh, in terms of starting lineup changes, like yeah, that's another option that the Raptors can go with. So I don't know, I don't know. Uh, I guess honestly, the worst part about a game like this again is just like the Raptors were just so poor and they were so discombobulated that like it's not even it's the data is not even that meaningful. Like when you look at the film and things like this, like it just. What are you going to take productively out of a game like this? Like, nothing. The Raptors just didn't show up. They they weren't together, and they got to be better. Like, being better is frustrating because, again, like, it, it's 
you know, it's not something tangible really, but like the Raptors got to be better. Like they're better than this. They, they got to play up to their potential and and uh and, and yeah, I mean they're 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 going up against a much um I would say much better, but they're going up against definitely a better opponent and and the Raptors need to play at their best to even have a hope of winning. So um so yeah, I mean if you if you really do want to take the main positive, it's like okay, we haven't seen the best of the Raptors in either games one or two, but shit. They don't do it soon enough. We're not going to see it. So, um it's tough. In terms of the Gerald Henderson award, Obviously, that goes to Ursan Ilyasova, the classic Raptor killer ever since he was in the NBA. I remember, like, back in 2011, I was, like, dying for Brian Colangelo to sign Ursan Ilyasova. And I couldn't believe he didn't, considering how much Brian loved to sign European players. And, and Ursan is Turkish. And so, um, yeah, he just would have fit. I always thought that he would have been a guy who... Um, you know, either as a starter or as a bench guy, like would have fit really well in Toronto and he's just stuck around forever in Milwaukee. He's signed there like three times now. And, um, I mean, Boonholzer t- talked about it. He's like, this is Ursan's best game of the season. And he picked a great time for it. like man took three charges, had two steals, uh, two assists, 17 points and seven to 10, sh- 11 shooting. I mean, this guy's been killing Raptors forever. So it's not a surprise, but whoo, he was really good tonight, man. He was really, really good tonight, and um, but obviously there's there's plenty of guys that that deserve this. Like I thought, um, Miritich had a much better game. He I thought he played really well. I thought uh, Brogdon gave them a huge boost as well. So plenty of guys stepped up for the Bucks. Raptors not so much. And uh, the Patrick Patterson Award goes to Marcus Saul. One hundred percent it goes to Marcus Saul. Holy crap, that was a bad performance by Mark. And you know he took responsibility for it. Um, you know, but again, like, whew, that was bad. It was just bad. It's bad. Like, I, I don't know what, what to say. Like, you know, out of all the major adjustments, like, one of them is just, Mark, please hit some shots because perhaps not going anywhere without, you know, without Mark uh, providing that offense, especially off open looks. Like, there's nothing else the rest of the team can do. Like, it's not like Kawhi can just, like, it's not Space Jam. He's not going to reach over, like, eight defenders and dunk the ball, and, and, you know, that could be your offense. Like, no, like, you need Mark to be better. Um. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. And, uh, and yeah, so... Hopefully he is. If he's not, you know, that sucks. That's just probably dead. So those are the stakes. Anyway, thanks to everyone for listening. I'm sorry this podcast is so depressing. I'm sorry the Raptors were so depressing in game two. But 
you know, it is uh, – if you want to feel better, go back and watch that shot because, you know, that's going to be the lasting memory out of this playoff run. So uh, cherish it. Like, really, really cherish it. And, uh, and yeah, so uh, Raptors will play game three. I'll be back after game three to recap that one, and I hope that's a win. But uh, right now it's not looking good. It's not looking good. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.